us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. In his hands are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it. And his hands form the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. For he is our God. Good morning. It's good, it's good to worship our God together with you this morning. My name is Gary, and if you're new here, I want to say a special welcome to you. Thank you for being our guest. I hope that you find this church to be a warm and welcoming place. Kids, it's always good to see you here at church. I want to let you know that CJ is going to uh, have some fun things for you guys coming up in about a month. And uh, uh, we're going we're gonna to head over to Ralphie's Fun Center with our kids uh, for an afternoon of fun, and we'll tell your parents and grandparents more about this later on this morning, but, but I hope you can make it. I hope our kids can, can go with us and have some fun. I want to see how good some of our bowlers might be here with our kids. And kids, if you, um, if you can do me a favor, don't tell your parents this, but when I, like, when I bowl, I like to use the bumpers. Do y'all like to do that too? That's been the most fun about having kids at the bowling alleys. We're able to use the bumpers, and I can still keep my pride. But kids, you're dismissed to go on up to Kids Church. You're dismissed to the lobby. Uh, thanks again for being here this morning. Kids Church is for kids in kindergarten through sixth grade, and after church, they'll be dismissed back into the lobby. This morning, we're going to, beginning, we're going to begin a new series that I'm calling Biblical Church. I am so excited to see where God leads us as a church in this year. Uh, I've told you, I've told our staff and our deacons that I, I really believe that this year, 2023, will be an important and redefining year for our church. I believe that the next 10 to 15 years of ministry here at White Plains will be shaped and birthed out of what comes out of this year um, as we spend time together reimagining what church can look like coming out of COVID. Our Reimagine Church workshop is going to begin Sunday night, January 29th at 6 p.m. We'll be over in the chapel, and I would invite you to be there. Actually, I would strongly encourage you to join us in this workshop as we actively discuss where we sense God is leading us as a church. Please be in prayer for that. Um, again, I'm excited to begin these discussions with you. I'll share more details in the coming weeks as, as we get closer to that time. But, but this sermon series, Biblical Church, is really the foundation for those upcoming meetings. Um, this will help us as we uh, look to what, what church looks like coming out of the COVID disruption. We must realize that life is different. And life before COVID is not what life is after COVID as a, as a church. Uh, the things that we did to survive the pandemic 
have reshaped our lives going forward. They absolutely have in every aspect of our culture. Not just the church, but every aspect of our culture is dealing with this idea of reimagining what life looks like coming out of this, this, um, this COVID pandemic. Schools have adapted to shifting to non-traditional instruction days when it's necessary. Businesses who've implemented a work-from-home strategy are re reconsidering the permanency of that strategy. I mean, even us, at Christmas Eve, we were able to shift rather quickly and effectively for, new, uh, for Christmas Eve to an online experience because of the weather. So things are different. Life will never be like it was pre-pandemic. We have shifted. The church, our church, must recognize this <clears throat> as we look toward the future together. And as, the future, as we look toward the future, you and I have a wonderful opportunity to rediscover the biblical purposes of the church and apply those in light of our new reality. Wherever we go, whatever we do, it's important that we do it together. The topics that we're going to approach in this biblical church series are worship, fellowship, membership, discipleship, ministry, evangelism, and prayer. This morning, let's look at our first topic, biblical worship. In the church, we often use the term worship to describe the style of music. But worship is so much more than our preference of song style or, or song choice. When you hear the term worship, what do you think of? Let me give you a simple definition. It's in your notes. Worship proclaims the glory of another. Worship proclaims the glory of another. Last week, as we were looking at the message from Haggai, I said, God delights in getting glory. Let's give God all kinds of glory this year. As I've wrestled with biblically understanding or attempting to biblically understand this idea of worship this week, I have found that glory and worship are very similar. I could have very easily have said, God delights in getting worship. Let's give God all kinds of worship this year. When we worship, we proclaim the glory of another. This term often has religious connotations to it, but it doesn't have to. It's college football bowl season. The NFL playoffs are coming up. The Super Bowl will soon follow. College basketball is in full swing. Some of us recently watched Soccer's World Cup. Sports, especially, has a way of showing us what worship can look like in a non-religious way. Now, I'm not saying that cheering for your favorite sports team is bad or evil. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that you shouldn't enjoy the drama of sports. In many ways, they are a gift from God. I am simply using sports this morning to show you what non-religious worship can look like. As we spend time proclaiming the glory of another in the, in the sports world, <clears throat> we often discuss the activity of teams, players, coaches, and even specific plays, don't we? We have shows, apps, and channels dedicated to proclaiming the glory of another in the sports world. We've even developed ways for us to put ourselves into this world through fantasy <clears throat> teams. Again, I'm not pointing out that it's necessarily evil to do this, 
it's just a way for us to understand what worship can look like in a non-religious way. Our love for certain, certain sports teams will cause us to do actions that enhance our proclamation of glory of another. We'll buy and wear jerseys and clothing to support the glory of our team. <clears throat> God has created us as worshiping people. I want you to know that. As we look at our worship in the sports world, it's easy for us to see that God has created us as worshiping people. Everyone worships. All of us worship. God created us that way. It's natural. We're drawn to worship. We should worship. It's not just sports, though. We are made to worship, and we can worship all types of things. From our favorite shows, influencers, online preachers, music, sports, and hobbies, even our families and our history. Even this morning, I'm wearing socks that proclaim the glory of one of my favorite television shows. My socks have Dunder Mifflin on them, so it's, I'm an Office fan. Social media <clears throat> gives us a platform to proclaim the glory of others. Through social media, we can even proclaim the glory of another, our preferred yet unrealistic self. Worship is all around us. Worship we can't get away from. This morning, I'm hoping to allow Scripture to help us understand worship. As we look at the sports world and other areas and where we can see worship, I want us this morning to allow Scripture to help us understand this concept, this idea of how we've been made. Since everyone worships, let's see how God prefer, prefers us to worship. Who would God prefer that we proclaim the glory of? <clears throat> how do we properly proclaim that glory? Have you ever asked yourself, what is biblical worship? I'm hoping to answer that this morning in a quick study of Scripture, I have found that there's over 264 passages of Scripture regarding worship in my ESV Bible. Now, many of those passages contain multiple verses, so it's clear the Bible has much to say about worship. We're made to worship. We clearly live lives of worship. But do we understand God's word when it comes to worship? Do you know which book of the Bible has the most to say about worship? You're probably thinking Psalms, right? Maybe. I was. Psalms is a book of prayers, and much of those prayers do lead to worship. But Psalms is not the book of the Bible that has the most to say about worship. The book of the Bible that has the most to say about worship is Revelation. That just made things weird, didn't it? Revelation speaks the most on worship in the Bible. We're currently going through the book of Revelation in our men's Bible study on Thursday mornings, and we just got through most of the weird stuff. But we have found there's a lot in Revelation about worship. There's this, thing, there's this scene in the throne room of heaven where there's four living creatures, each with six wings, with eyeballs all over them, full of eyeballs, 
who never stop worshiping God. They say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. This is in Revelation chapter 4. The very next sentence says, there's 24 elders who fall down every time those living creatures worship. And as those 24 elders fall down, they lay down their own crowns and worship God, saying, Worthy are you, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. There is much to say about worship from the Bible. And perhaps we can spend a whole sermon series on the idea of worship. But for, te- for today, let's just look at the Psalms to help shape our thoughts about what the Bible says about worship. If you will look with me at uh, Psalm 95. This was the verse that was in the video. I've printed it in your notes as well. You can look over it as I read it and circle the things that stand out to you that relate to worship. If you prefer, you can... Mark up your Bible, that's okay too, but Psalm 95. O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into, your, into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. <clears throat> In his hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry ground. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Let's pray. God, you are our great God. You are our maker. You have formed the dry land. You made the seas. In your hands, O God, are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountain are yours. Help us to make a joyful noise as we worship you, rock of our salvation. Thank you for your great love for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we worship God biblically, we are often moved to song. It's natural. Even for those of us like me who can't hold a tune. It's biblical for us to make joyful noises in our worship. When we worship God, we worship Him because He is our salvation. Without His intervention, we would be hopelessly lost and stuck in our rebellion against Him. Biblical worship includes thankfulness. We worship a giving God. Everything that we have comes from Him. The good we have comes from God. The bad, even in the bad, we recognize that God gives us strength to endure it. Biblically, we worship God's greatness. He is our great God. He is the supreme and highest of all. God is greater and he's more powerful than any other president, king, or ruler. We worship God because he is the creator. Everything is here 
because God made it. And we realize that we are part of his creation. He is our creator. But we are drawn to worship God, not just because we are his creation. It's more than that. We are, as Psalm 95 puts it, the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. We are God's chosen people. Consider that for a moment especially against other things that people typically proclaim the glory of. When I moved to Akron, Ohio about eight years ago, I attempted to follow the Cleveland Browns. I wanted to be a part of the regional culture up there. I bought hats. I bought shirts. I watched their games. I followed the news, especially the hope of each draft pick. There is so much devotion in Northeast Ohio for the Cleveland Browns. There's a shared history, and there's a memory of distant greatness in the past, but for me, the Browns gave me nothing to worship. Nothing to proclaim the glory of. They gave me heartache. They robbed me of my time and joy. There was no reason for me to be a Browns fan. They did nothing for me. I was there in the 20, uh, 2017 and 18 season when they had their perfect season. 0-16, they lost every game. The Browns did nothing for me. I'm currently evaluating the Titans in a similar fashion. <laughs> we'll see. But you and I, we are God's chosen people. God has given us something to worship him, given us a reason to worship him. First Peter picks this up in First Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. If you're following after Jesus, you are God's chosen people. You are His, and you have a purpose. You have a purpose in your salvation. You weren't saved just to obtain a get-out-of-hell-free card. You were saved and chosen to proclaim the glory of another. You were saved and chosen to proclaim the excellencies of God. You were saved and chosen to worship God. Have you ever asked yourself these questions? Why are you here? Why did God choose and save me? Have you ever asked, you that, asked yourself that? The answer is God chose you. He saved you. You are here so that you would worship him. You would worship God. Wayne Grudem says in his systematic theology, biblical worship is the activity of glorifying God in his presence with our voices and hearts. As we worship God, we do so with our voices and our hearts. What comes from our voices begins in our hearts. This is a biblical idea. Luke tells us this in 6.45. Luke chapter 6, 
for out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. If you struggle with worship, if you're following God and you struggle with worship, check your heart. If you follow God and it's difficult to proclaim the glory of God, the problem may be indeed in your heart. This morning I want to give you two areas of your life where, where you worship. These two areas impact each other. A lack of one will create difficulty in the other. One of these areas you have much more control over. But both areas are expected of a person who's following after Jesus. We worship God personally and collectively. That is to say, we worship God alone privately and together publicly. We worship God personally and collectively. Personal worship centers around God's Word. We worship God personally by spending time with Him regularly in His Word. What we read in the pages of the Bible informs our proclamation of, our glo- of the glory that we give Him. God's Word is the foundation for our worship. And we can also look to what he has done to inform our worship of him. It's right to acknowledge God's activity in our life and in the lives of others. Psalm 18 helps us with this. This God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. It is good and proper to personally worship God from his word and his activity. Pursue personal worship in both ways. The biggest and most important way that God has acted in the lives of those who are following after him is through salvation. This is from the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia. Biblical worship is seen as reverent devotion and service to God, motivated by God's saving acts in history. We must recognize God as the primary actor in our salvation. He gets the glory when we recognize his work in our salvation. It is good to worship God in light of our salvation. Personal worship should lead us to collective worship. The Psalms help us with this again in Psalm 27. One thing I've asked of the Lord that, I, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple. Personal worship leads to gathering with others and collectively worshiping our great God. As we worship with others who are following after Jesus, our voices are multiplied. And our faith is encouraged. This is one of the best reasons for us to gather in person together weekly to encourage each other and to multiply our voices in worship of God. When we gather together, we see God working in others' lives. This is something Christians must realize coming out of COVID. In-person gathering is priority when it's possible. 
Gone are the days that we can only meet online. Hopefully gone forever. The church should gather together in person and worship. When we gather together in worship, we're encouraging each other. We are encouraged in our faith. I am often encouraged when I see you, when I know the weeks that, the week that you've had, when I know the struggles you've been going through, and I see you here worshiping God. That encourages me. And we encourage each other when we gather together collectively. Psalm 22 says this, I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. In your notes, we give God glory together in person while encouraging the faith of our fellow followers of Jesus. In our collective worship, we share the gospel with those who have not yet believed. If you're watching this online out of convenience, I would encourage you to join us in person. Worship should never be done out of convenience. We proclaim the glory of God together because of the sacrifice of Jesus. Join us in person if possible. Of course, there may be weeks, maybe even months, that health keeps you away. We understand that. Stay connected online for sure. But, but know that in-person gatherings of worship is always a priority because it's the best way that we can encourage each other and multiply our praise to God. It's a new year. How has your personal worship of God been going? What was it like last year? Do you sense the need to develop your personal worship more? How has your collective worship of God been going? How was it last year? Do you prioritize gathering in person to worship God? Now, I know that we probably all have preferred ways of worshiping, even favorite songs to sing, preferred styles of praise. I'm thankful that this hasn't been something that's caused division here. At least I'm not aware of it. But um, as we close, I'll invite the worship team back up. But I would like to give you some help whenever there is a song that we sing that isn't in your preference. If there's a style of song being sung and it's just not what you prefer, pray. You can pray. If you don't know the words of the song or the style's not your favorite, you can still worship God through prayer. You can also read the words on the screen and proclaim the glory of another, of God, by agreeing that those words are true of our God. Also, don't neglect your personal time of worship. Spend time in God's Word. Listen to the worship style of your preference as you worship privately. Sing along with those songs as loud as you want to. While understanding as we gather, we worship God together and encourage each other. This morning, let's devote ourselves to biblical worship as we begin this new year. Let's reprioritize our personal worship of God. Let's strengthen our collective worship of God. Let's together proclaim to God the glory of Him. He is worthy. Let's pray. God, you are worthy. 
Help us to worship you. Help us to proclaim the glory of you to you, to the community around us, to each other. Help us to recognize the good that you're moving among us. Thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.